nosotros queremos construir el socialismo. Nos hemos declarado partidarios de los que luchan por la paz. Nos hemos declarado dentro del grupo de países no alineados, a pesar de ser marxistas-leninistas, porque los no alineados como nosotros luchan contra el imperialismo. Queremos paz. Welcome to Rebel Radio. My name's Jamie. My name's Rab. And he's uh, raging. Uh, I will, you know, bump tongue on a cup of teas. <laughs> Not a good way to start your evening. Seven out of ten, raging. <laughs> I tell um, you, I'm a solid six. Six, okay. Solid near beaton. Okay. Um, how are you doing? I'm all right. Apart from that, aye, good. Busy week, good. busy day. But aye, I'm all right now. I've had my dinner, <laughs> uh, and I've had a bit of a cup of tea, Good. and now I've got a candle on. Oh, wow. It's getting uh, sensual up in here. Get some oh, I'm, I'm fine as well, mate. Thanks for asking. <laughs> I wasn't finished telling you how I was. <laughs> Just like you only finished eating your tea yeah, I... um, for 45 minutes because you were having Rice Krispies with chopsticks. Is there any chance you could, uh, you could ask me a question? Because I believe you've got Oh, yes. Me. So... Quiz question this week is, it's a two-parter, two potentially three-parter, I'll give you bonus points. It's not too difficult, I think you'll get it, as usual. So, who's the first Frenchman to play for Celtic, and where did we sign him from? Was it Stefan Mahé? And? Was it Le Havre? One out of two. Well, I mean, it's really a, a straight question, so... I'm having the points for that. Um, uh, it was Stefan Mahe. You're correct. And I will, I'll give you a bonus point if you can tell me how much it cost. Was it 1.1? No, it wasn't as much as that. Okay, I'd say 300 grand then. 500,000. It's not bad. It's not bad by player him. Psycho, I know. It wasn't early. He just had a mad haircut and he was prone to the odd bad tackle but apart from that he was a good centre half for us the haircut didn't do any favours eh? definitely didn't he but there's I can't remember who it was there was a couple of players who said that he was a bit mental he was a bit mad okay, well, there's, uh, I didn't listen to that uh, Simon Ferry podcast but that's me got a streak on here I don't think I've got any of these questions wrong yet have I? no no because I, I put next to the effort into these mate I'm not going to lie I do well, my, I'm sure I do the people research, listening will be I do my research for further on the lower expansive pieces where we have discussion and back and forth. Well, I hope that the people listening put in their effort, uh, <coughs> you know, than the you do, because uh, that's that's no fair. I'm telling you, man. Frankly, you're doing them a disservice. Um, but I've got, I've got some news, and I actually think I might have some news for you. Have I got news for you, eh? Yeah. Have you got your phone out in front of you? I, I'm recording on it, aren't I? So... Okay, can you can, if I send you something, will you be able to click on a, a link to a Twitter page without yes. interrupting the, the podcast? Yes, okay. Yes. The wonders of. Ooh, that can't be real. So we've just sent Rab what is reported to be the new Adidas Celtic strips. Ooh, if they are, they're good. They're real good. I don't so, know. What we've got here. Mate, I'm, a, I'm taking everything we are. A very p- large pinch of punch, punch of sal. Aye. Um, aye, uh, me too. 
I'm, uh, I'm not sure. Okay, so just to explain for the people who obviously can't see this, mm-hmm. which is everybody, and, and if you've not seen it, it's basically a kind of green and white hooped jersey. No dissimilar to our 2010 Nike uh, jersey in terms of the colour and the, the consistency of the hoops. Right. But it's got a sort of yellow collar. Um, obviously, Adidas stripes that are green going down for the shoulders and the, the yellow Daffabet logo. And the second one looks a bit like a Panathinaikos kit. It's a black, sort of silky material um, with a sort of luminous green shamrock for that badge. Um, so what do you reckon? Do you like them? I do. I would, um, I would. I think that black one looks like it could be training kit more than a, a, um, a strip, a match strip. But uh, they're very nice. The, the black one reminds me of the old blacks a wee bit. Of course, there's no, there's no confirmation whatsoever here, as we mentioned. These could be absolute fibs. If I was working for Adidas, I would be absolutely fizzing that these 40s get leaked. Because, you know, you you imagine they, uh, they put some effort into them and uh, and then all of a sudden somebody in a factory somewhere takes a photograph of it and, and, uh, and ruins it. Yep, definitely. Um, so there you are. Interesting. So I, there you go. That's, that might or might not be the new Selic kit. Um, but either way, you've seen it. And a, good old, and, uh, a good round neck as well. I enjoy a round neck, no buttons. Aye. I know aye. people like collars, so that's understandable. So what else has been happening in the news? Players are back today. Players are back today. Did you have a look at the photos? I did indeed, aye. So it looks to me like they're training in twos. Apparently they can train in groups up to five. Aye, but that includes your coaching staff. Right. So Lennon is there. There is at least one other member of the, I would guess, fitness, one of the fitness coaches getting them back up to speed. And then, I don't know, maybe John Kennedy or somebody else cutting about, but it looked, mm. I, I went through them for quite a bit because I was trying to figure out who was training with who and how and counting them. And you could only ever see two players in either a picture or a video at one time. So you had uh, Taylor and Christie looked as though they were doing drills, Forrest McGregor, Roger and Brown, and then Ayer as well. But I couldn't work out, there's only one photo of him with somebody else. It looked like young Welsh. Because it was a fair-haired lad who looked quite big, and it would make sense if he's a centre-back, two of them training together. So maybe he's getting uh, brought back or brought into the first team a wee bit now that Jojo's not going to be featuring. Interesting. Aye. Aye. Well, it's certainly good to see them back anyway. It was good to see Fraser Foster back there as well. Aye, it's Obviously, well, it's only just part of the, the loan deal, which is scheduled to, to end at some point in the next week or so. Um Bye, that's quite interesting. Um, have you got any news you want to discuss? Because I've got a couple of email things we can talk about if, you, if you'd like to. I, I was just looking through the last weekend. It's just basically, I Forster was back. That was good news because it would be, I mean, I know he's technically under contract and all that. He has, I guess he has to come back and report to us. But it's uh, it's promising. I would like to see him obviously back in another year. We spoke about it at length before. Makes a big difference. And uh, as well, Eddie making all the right noises about staying for the ten. That was a good. That was encouraging during the week as well. So Indeed, huh? I was just, that was another thing I wanted to talk about. So obviously, uh, Edwards had that conversation with the, with the media as part of his um, Player of the Year award ceremony, where he said he was, uh, you know, going to you know, be effectively, well, you know, said he was going to be here next year. He said he was, you know, looking forward to to going for ten in a row. Um, 
I don't know what sort of agreements in place with a big man if they're going to deal him in at some point in the next few weeks and then let him go next year, which, you know, which is much rumoured. But my goodness, that's a big relief if he hangs about it. Aye, just get him signed on, get another couple of years on that contract and give him the seven. And then that'll be it, let him loose for next year. So there's another couple of rumours that I'm going to nip through quickly, if you don't mind. Um, one of them is that Marianne Schved has been linked to a a move away for Celtic. Now, obviously, I know you've got quite strong feelings towards a guy for his efforts in your football manager save. Um, and, and the fortune of rate him for you that uh, on that. But it doesn't look as if Marianne Schwed, the football manager, is uh, you know anything like Marianne Schwed in, in the real world because, by all accounts, he's been thoroughly, thoroughly disappointing for Celtic. Um, they're talking about re- uh, loaning him back to Ukraine, although there is rumours that there's a club in the Bundesliga interested. Um, and he is 22 now, which is a wee bit older than I thought he was, um, but by no means, you know, old. What do you reckon? What's going on there? Uh, I reckon he's just not settled in the the squad, the culture, the country, a whole host of things. So look, you follow him and his missus on Instagram, and they're never they're never here. Like they're always away back home. So that's that's a big telltale sign for me. And I got um, he came on. Was it a cup game? There was a cup game, I'm sure, one of the either League of the Scottish Cup games where it was kind of empty at Celtic Park, so I went down near the front. There's always six or seven rows away, running about halfway line, and he came on for half hour or so, and I'm not joking, Brown had to hold his hand through every pass that he made. I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of looked, not clueless, but he looked a bit like a deer in the headlights. And, I mean, the stadium wasn't full. We were cruising through the game, but honestly, Brown dragged him about side to side when they were shuttling over and stuff and it just seemed like he was thoroughly out of his depth which is bizarre considering he trains with these guys every day but it's just it's weird I don't know if the confidence thing as well when he's gone from being quite a big player or a good player in that league to maybe he's got he's had to step up and he's just not been able to do it so I don't know mate it's a it's a hard one it's it's weird I was hoping I don't big things soon man I same. I if you remember that he signed at the same time as Bayo didn't he? I was, you know, we've spoken about that before, but I was really disheartened with, with Rogers' response to that at the time because that's when he gave that, you know, what another winger sort of, you know, statement. And I was the, I was the impressed with that. I thought that was just Rogers just before he left. Obviously, ticked off at the fact that we were signing another player, but the fact that Rogers never fancied him and then Lennon's not gave him really much of a chance at all, and it's difficult because you, you don't get many opportunities at Celtic and. Um, I don't know. You know, he's he's obviously, as you say, maybe no settled in or, or what no. But it's a weird one. If if he isn't going to be a player for us, then we need to sign somebody. To, you know, we need a backup right winger. Yeah, and maybe even a backup left winger. Um, because Johnson can can play between the two. But you know, if, if we're not going to have El Unity there, who thankfully could could do both roles last year, then we're definitely going to get somebody in there that can that can do uh, do that for us. Aye. Um, we've been linked to Aaron Hickey again. Again, how do you feel about that? Um, I, I was kind of I was impressed with the performance that he put in against us last year. A few times that I watched him, he was good. He showed a bit of battle, a bit of heart. He's a Celtic Academy kind of semi graduate, if you like. He's left to find first team football. He, he did. He was with us up until two seasons ago. Um. So he's obviously well known by the the staff, um, and now that Hearts are looking as though they're probably going to be playing in the Championship next year, it's he's one of the better players. He won't want to drop down to that level, having 
left to to find first good first team football at a good level in, in Scotland. So I I don't know where, where do you reckon he would want to fit in? Where where, where do you reckon accept that he would be put in left back? Okay. Of course, he's a left back. I've never known him to play anywhere else. Mm. Um, I would play Hickey at left back, and I would probably, I would start the season with Taylor because Taylor's looked good. But I would imagine if we were to start the season with Taylor, then Hickey would probably take that spot off him um, because I, I think Hickey's a really, a really good player. Um, I don't think Bolingoli will be here at the end of the transfer window. I think Lennon might be inclined to cut his losses with that one and, and move him on. Yeah, I don't think he's the worst left back in the world, but. It was just, it just wasn't working. Um, you know, a couple of performances that just make you wonder if the guy's a football player. Never mind, you know, a guy that can can play at Celtic's uh, level. So I, I don't imagine Boy will be here, and obviously with Hayes away as well. Um, I think left back maybe a position we might need to. I think we definitely need um, to strengthen left back. I think we definitely do. We spoke about that before. Um, but I was, um, I was under the impression that Hickey played uh, midfield when he played. For us, and it wasn't until he went to Hearts where they either shoehorned him in through necessity or they've taken another look at his attributes and went, you'll probably do well here, son. Try playing here. Mm-hmm. But I know the, the games that they did play against us, he played at left-back and he played really well. I was, I was impressed. But I, I, I think he's a good player and I think he's, he's well-balanced for a left-back. You know, he's he's got that turn of pace and he's capable of kind of going forward, but he's solid defensively first and foremost. Aye. And I, I, I like him in that respect. I think he's a he's a good uh, good fullback. It would do a good job for us. Um, so I I would I would have him here in a in a second. Aye, and he's well within our budget as well. I would say that fits the kind of mould of the club where you buy young, sell sell on. Exactly. Well, he's been linked to some really big names. You know, he's been linked with Bayern Munich and all that stuff. This week, and Lazio apparently have been been in making a uh, you know a move for him and that sort of stuff. So. We'll see what happens, you know, it might it might not be the case. But I think I think in order for us to go for him we'd probably need to be getting rid of ball and goalie. You know, I don't think they would they would go for him when they've got two left backs. Yeah, that's fair. Anyone else? Okay. No, um I think that's that's me. I'm pretty caught up in the news this week. Um there is a higher definition image of that photograph that's just been released. And it's been getting sent to me all the time just now as we're talking. <laughs> so I'm gonna forward it out to you and you can have a wee look. Four different people have sent me in the past five minutes. Um, it does look like a really nice strip. I really like the collar on it, and I really like the the three stripes coming down the uh, coming you know coming down for the, for the nice. neck. Seems to fit in well with the hoops, and I like that the consistency of the hoops, man. The other right colours, it's the right thickness and it's the right colour. Um, because Lord knows New Balance have tried to mess a bit with that a few times, and, and it's never really looked uh, looked well. I'm going to okay, so we'll get a feature today. You one back just quickly, just really quickly. Uh, it's surrounded by a couple of Bayern Munich talks and tops in next and potentially next year's Juventus top. So, mm. does this add weight to its credence? I mean, it looks like it. it aye. Um, oh. It looks like it. it. Looks like the real. It looks like the real, real McCoy, as they would say. Um, but that. Uh, but that being said, we've got a feature. We have. To talk Let's about. go into it because I think we'll be talking about this a wee while. I think we will as well. The, the criteria for this was just simple, as, as it tends to be. A, a top five academy graduates was the was the kind of question posed. And when we when we have these conversations about what things we could talk about, because obviously there's no football to talk about, I'm very much keen not to influence 
what Rab decides is going to be his top five and what are mine, because obviously top five could mean anything. Top five, you know, academy graduates could mean just all, you know, McGee, McGregor, you know, all that sort of stuff, Forrest, and that's it. Um, or else it could mean guys that went on and had a career elsewhere. It could mean anything really to, to, to either one of you. So I guess as we as we tend to do, we'll start off having a conversation about how you defined a good academy graduate. How did that work? What did you come up with? Uh, so I went with, uh, to stop... Because we have obviously lots and lots of players on our books that never make it. So I wanted to have ones that have played at least one game for the first team and have been for in the academy for at least a year as well. So there's one player that we might talk about that that kind of um, applies to for the one year in the, in the academy anyway. Because I didn't want to just... I didn't want to just I have loads of different players that have not quite made it, like your side fairies and stuff like that have gone on. So, I that was that was my again really loose though. So it, I mean, it could literally have just played for five minutes, and that's it. So that's one appearance for the first team. Oh, mine's is kind of a wee bit like that. Mine's mine's is a wee bit more. It, you know, basically, it's just a wee bit more about players that I liked or players that I enjoyed having them at the club. I'm also interested in players who have went and had weird and wonderful careers. Um, I like it when when say like academy graduates go and challenge themselves and, you know, and, and go and go elsewhere and, and, and kind of, you know, learn new things. And there's been a few guys that have left and had quite weird and, and wacky careers. Um, and I'd be, keen to, uh, I'd be keen to sort of talk about some of them. Uh, to give you an example, the, the anti, the anti uh, sort of graduate for me is Kevin McBride, right? So this is the example of who I wouldn't have in my top five. Kevin McBride left Selic in 2005 and he was a fine player. But he went to Motherwell and then he done Darlington for six months and then came back to Falkirk, Hibs, Wraith, F- Hibs, Hamill and Ackies, Dundee, Airdrie <laughs> and then chucked it. Now, I'm not, that's, a, that's a good career, you know, like, that's obviously a career at a level that neither of us could ever get to. Um, and, and the vast majority of people play, play football, you know, could they get to at all? But, you know, it's a bit of a snooze fest really, isn't it? Like, Aye. it's a bit of a sort of... So I've gone for guys that I think have maybe challenged themselves a wee bit or or just guys that I thought were good players. Um, as usual, would you like to start? I would. Um, I'll go in reverse reverse order. Right, let's do that. For, again, because I kind of have uh, set them out as my favourites as well um, over the years. So, number five uh, for me is Sean Maloney. Oh, good you? Um, 132 appearances that are thereabouts. Um, it was lower than I um, would have guessed. I would have put him well over 150, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. But then you need to remember he done his knee, didn't he? He had a really couple of bad injuries. Um, mm-hmm. 29 goals, 31 assists, not bad. Um, and he, at one point, what ha- was more accurate from he scored more goals per free kicks taken than David Beckham had. He was more accurate. I don't know about Naka, that's a different kettle of fish, but uh, I, anyway, Maloney is at one point the most deadly free kick taker in Britain. Well, there you go. Uh, he's got a good few goals for us, and I like Maloney, he seems like a, a nice guy, and certainly, uh, you know, he's certainly done his bit for the club, but I will never, ever forgive him. <laughs> Here we go. For hitting no. the wall with that free kick, no. Seville. No, that's no, not no. Ever. We have got six players in that box that are six foot over, plus Henry Larson, who's just scored two heaters and is terrorising that big guy Costa at the back. 
And Sean Maloney wraps a ball off the front of, off the wall and be a minute to go. It was criminal. Absolutely criminal. I mean, it was, that was, what, his first season? No, he'd been playing for a couple of years. Mm. That was second or third. Maloney broke through in 2001, didn't he? I can't remember. Everybody scored at Ibrox. Uh, was that 2001? I'll take you one. That nah, was a pup. It was a pup. But I, he, um, he did... Uh, he did well for his, he was a good player and a good academy graduate. And obviously, you know, the fact he's, he's kind of lingered about the club over the past few years when Rogers was there and Chico and Rosie, the, the academy, it's good to see players that are giving back. It seems like a, a good professional as well because he obviously travelled about a bit, went to loads of different clubs all over the world and he's uh, been held, held in high enough regard to get a job with Martinez in the Belgium setup. So, aye. Exactly. And they were saying last year, it would be quite funny that. Uh, Sean Maloney was about to become uh, the coach <laughs> of Real Madrid, which would have meant he was, you know, I don't know, it's just two worlds used when they see colliding very often. Uh, shall I go? Charles John. Uh, Charlie Grant. Charlie Grant. There's a flash for the past, that you, man. There is a, a flash for the past. Uh, Charlie Grant retired in April 2011 at the age of 24 because he suffered from osteoastatus pubis. Aye. Um, so inflammation in his groin muscle, which I think what they were talking about uh, in the heaven at some point uh, in the past. Um, so Charlie Grant and Simon Ferry were a midfield duo that played for Celtic when they won the 2006 SPL title and Youth Cup double. And that was a really promising Celtic youth team. But Charlie Grant, if you remember, was the absolute spin <laughs> image of Neil Lennon. Uh, and he played the same position and he's even barrel-chested like him as well, you know, and, and sort of... Uh, Look, he just, he just, uh, he just sort of epitomised that sort of Celtic youth team. I think you know what I mean. They were, he, he was, he was a good player, but he was, he was quite limited. You know, when I mean, you actually look at the number of guys that played in that team, not many of them. I think it's fair to say developed careers that you know went on to sort of because that was a year that was just a year or two older than Forrest, um, maybe three or four actually older than Forrest. So it was guys like Mark Millar and um, Ryan Conroy, Teddy Bjarnason, and these guys. Um, and obviously, you know, never most of them never developed into first team players. Certainly not at Celtic, anyway. Um, but I, he uh, he retired in two thousand and eleven at twenty four and chucked it. Uh, the last I heard of him, it was about three or four years ago when he was talking about playing for the amateur um, side at the I think it was some sort of World Cup or something that was going on for Amis. So, no, no heard much of him since. He has got a Twitter account. Um, so, I he's. he's no kicking a ball anymore, but he was just a guy I always always looked to. Um, and as part of my research for this, I went on and looked at the 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 Twitter account. Um, obviously, in, in the first post is him have uh, complained to KFC <laughs> uh, about the quality of his of his meal deal, uh, which he paid nine quid for. Now, listen, that's absolutely fine. That is a perfectly worthwhile thing to do with your Twitter account. Um, it's just like, you know, Charlie Grant at 33 just now would have been retiring with nine league winners medals, you know what I mean? But uh, such, you know, such is life and uh, he was a good player on his day for his effort. Uh, that's always a, a football manager um, name that I remember for the, the youth team, man. He was always decent. So, right. I could be a hard uh, tackle on midfielder and as I say, the absolute uh, major legend in his day. Uh, right, next. I will go with uh, another, another Charlie, Charlie Mulgrew. There you go, Maldini. They call him. Nah, I, I just, I thought it was a testament to how good a, a 
player, I think, and how level-headed, I guess it was that he had to go away, get some game time with Aberdeen to come back, and then really assert himself with Celtic. But what a player, man. He was... Um, I had that first... That's first spell, Neil Lennon's first spell. He was uh, at mainstay and he kind of epitomised everything about that team where it was right good hard work, but what a one day left foot. Absolute one day left foot. You always knew, uh, you always knew that if you had um, 10 minutes to go, ball out wide, free kick to launch in the box, that it was it was going right in the mixer. There was no mistaking that. Um, I, and you always knew what you were getting through him. Hard work. He never very rarely did things he knew he couldn't do. <laughs> and uh, seems yeah. like just a big sound, big guy as well. Ah, uh, he was always in about the dressing room. Wasn't he? he was always somebody who seemed like a bit of a leader after part. You know, I know right up until the end when Nigel's came in, he was always involved in the prawns and the coffees and all that stuff. You know, and he, he always seems like a good part. I would not have let him go. And um, when we did, I think he would have been a you know a good player under. Under Rogers, but such as life, and you know, obviously he was on a good salary, and maybe the board didn't want to keep him for one reason or another. I did not, I didn't like the way that he reacted to Dyla. You know, he spoke quite openly about Dyla after it and sort of saying about his diet and all that stuff, and how you know, we're no wanes and that sort of stuff. And I, I get it, but you know, I think he, I think he, he should listen to his manager. The guy's giving him instruction. I wonder if that had a part to play in him being shit. Charlie's out. wanting to talk, he's vegan now. Aye, it's true. Aye. Big advocate for the old aye, veganism. Aye. But uh, 134 appearances, there or thereabouts, and 20 goals isn't a bad return for a left back slash centre back slash centre mid yep. on the other occasion. Aye. aye. And he's still playing, isn't he? Um, aye, aye, he's still playing. I think he's, he was at Blackburn and I think his contract may have been up this summer, but I'm not Wigan, kind of sure. Wigan, Wigan, he went in loan yeah, last year, didn't he? Aye. There you are. Chico Modini, well, good, good shout. Aye, aye, your turn. Jamie, Jamie Smith. Smith. Just narrowly, narrowly missed out on my list. He's in the... I thought Jamie Smith was a wonderful He's in the notable mention section. He was a tremendous player. Even back to Aberdeen, he had four or five seasons up there where he was running a mock at times. But he was one of the few players that came through, Maloney, you know, as well, that, that O'Neill seemed to put any, you know, any sort of value in. Um, I thought he was a tremendous player in his day and, and the fact that you know as I say he managed to sort of linger about at Celtic under O'Neill for four or five years and, and get into that first team squad and and then his next move to Adol Den Haag <laughs> took a year took a year in Holland um, which I, I find really interesting as a, as a strange move but it makes sense comes back to Aberdeen has five good years at Aberdeen including being part of the Aberdeen team and played against Bayern Munich at home um, if you remember, and then moves to Colorado, where he plays for a season with the the MLS before. Uh, excuse me, he plays for three or four seasons with the MLS before he retires. So he's a guy that's been out, you know, done his done his bit at Celtic, uh, done well for us in my opinion, and then went to to Holland and kind of gave himself a challenge and came back and then again four or five good years with Aberdeen and he's away again uh, to to Colorado. I like to see guys go and challenge themselves like that. So I find find that quite impressive and. Um, he's obviously chucked it now. He's pushing forty, man. I don't know about you, but this process made me I, feel so old. Definitely. Um, but I, he's a guy who I thought was a good player, and I, uh, I always liked him when he when he came off, uh, came off the, the bench under under the knee. And aye, he's definitely definitely hanging about my team. My, my top five. He was. Uh, you no, know, he must have been a 
good player if he was getting in and about that Martin O'Neill squad. He's, I mean, if you only... And he'll hated you. If you only over five foot ten, five foot eleven, then you were on the plums, man. You were snookered. Mm-hmm. And well, he was running about that. I would imagine he was quite, quite diminutive, wasn't he? Oh, I think. I, I think. He, I don't think he was that no, tall. Me, I, I get the feeling that he must have been about five seven, five eight, or something like that. You know, so he wasn't he. One hundred and seventy-one centimeters, according to his transfer market webpage. Aye, that's aye. Five, six or seven, isn't it? Probably close at seven. Uh, five, seven, five, eight. But, bye. You win. Yeah, Jamie, Jamie Smith. Smudger. Good. Good, Jim. Uh, who have I got next? Well, we had Mulgrew next. Uh, so we've got Aidan McGeady as my number three. He's my number Good. three as well. Let's talk about Miguel then. Yeah. How many, uh, many appearances did you, do you think he made? So what was that? Two thousand and five to two thousand and ten. I'm going to take a guess at about one hundred and twenty-seven. I think more than that, because I found a couple. The reason I was asking, I found a couple of different sources. One said two hundred, and the other one was closer to two fifty. And then when I added another website up individually, it was in the middle. So I don't know. It's hard to tell. Let's call it a minimum of two hundred games, anyway. But he, he broke through. No, I'm talking rubbish. He broke through in 2004. Uh, yes. He did. I'm talking. No, 2004, 2000. I can't remember. Anyway, I was at his debut at Tyne Castle where he done the, the trick on. He done the trick in the corner and then scored in his debut. Um, looked good. Looked like a good B player. And, then he, and he obviously turned out to be a terrific player for us. Um, done six years at Celtic, so obviously it makes sense. Then over 200 appearances. I don't know why I thought so low. Um, tell you what, but he was a nippy speed, wasn't he? I, I think it was. It's one of those ones where he, he he was really confident in his own ability. He knew that he was a bit of a player. Um, he knew that he would get in that team for most games, based on just a handful of kind of wee tricks and stuff that he can pull and the influences that he can have on the game and more in really tight moments. But um, I, I think his, his attitude maybe at the beginning of his career did hinder him a wee bit. Um, I watched the Sunderland documentary recently and um, he, he comes across much more level-headed than that now. He's quite a seasoned pro. But I could imagine him thinking, getting snatched back where it wasn't merited or not taking any criticisms or pointers very well at the time when he was coming through. Because, again, he probably just thought he was a wee bit better than maybe what he was at the time. I I think so. I, I don't think it helped to strike him as his manager. Um, striking him as striking very much. So sorry, I got a call in there. Um, so I I think that the name you know it was two of them were two of them were um, I think always bound to be sort of that loggerhead. You know what I mean? Um, so I am not surprised. That, and yeah. I remember I think I remember where I was. I think I was going to France or something, like that, and I came out for playing and. We drew one each with hearts at home or something, and the two of them did a big fight in the the dressing room afterwards. So I don't know what the deal is, um, you know. But I, I wasn't I wasn't too impressed with striking at the best of times. So I kind of gave McGee the benefit of the doubt. But the one thing about him that I would say as well as in terms of his Celtic career is when he left Celtic in two thousand and ten, he effectively funded Lennon's team because that eleven million, ten million pound we got for Sparta in Moscow was reinvested right back into the first team, and it allowed us to go and get in your Joe yeah. Ledleys and. 
Efren Juarez, he's, and he's a gear, he's and all that sort of stuff that came in that summer. Um, so he, you know, he, he didn't a big. That was that was important for us, you know. That was a big, that was a big, uh, a big summer for us, you know, with, with Lennon coming in. So, I he uh, he wasn't a bad player for us at all. I always thought he'd have wanted to better. I was surprised when he chose to go to Moscow because I thought he'd have went to the Premier League. Um, but I, well, he done it. Seemed to do all right in Russia, didn't he? He did. Aye. seventy-two appearances for Mo- a good Spartak Moscow. Team Certainly, in that early they, obviously they came back to Celtic Park. Mm-hmm. He was a good game that night as well. Um, although we did end up obviously yeah, beating them home and away and uh, going through that year. But aye, a terrific, terrific player. Um, do you know there's a story about how he was but spotted? What? Do you know this? How he was spotted? How he was scouted? Um, so the you have these youth tournaments obviously when you're 11, 12 years old or whatever it was and then um, during the games he wasn't actually spotted during the game it was the the scout was about to leave and he's saying cheerio and he looks over and there's a wee boy doing keep you up so we an orange <laughs> who's that? Oh, uh, it's Aiden plays for whoever so have they played their game? I I missed it right well alright I'll we'll be looking at him just for doing me boy doing keep you up to an orange at whatever years old they was 11 years old unbelievable man what a, I'm going to get an orange and go and start on the street just now start doing some keep you up to see if I can get signed right. you're tight honestly just go and stand outside Lennox town oh, there it. isn't it Okay, so I guess it'll be my turn next then. I've got I've got two more. Right, go uh, for it. You. Um I don't know what order I'm gonna put these in. Um so I think I'll go and by the way I'm I'm receiving notification that the black and luminous green Celtic kit is fake. Um but we'll see what oh. happens. Um my number two is gonna be okay, I'll get I'll, if I, if I, if I listed this guy's clubs out to you, I think you'll get it fairly easily. Uh Wizla Plock. Kiryat Shimona, Wellington Phoenix, Ammonia Nicosia, Apoel Nicosia, CSK Sophia, Plymouth, <laughs> St Johnston, Kilmarnock, Jagalonia, Killian Sheridan. Killian Sheridan, is, what a man. That is some. That is, you get that's the true definition. I, of I, do you know, I don't even know if it is with him. I think he just, I just think he'll go anywhere. Like I think it's just the, the, you know the sort of the, the case that his agent goes, you know, Kelly, and I've got an offer for you, and he just goes, I all right, you know, um, he must have some agent. His uh, his agent is Stellar Football Limited. Um, I have. He must have some air miles. It could be that, no, I. <laughs> Uh, but he, I, he shares an agent with Gareth Bale and, and Jack Greeley, so and Tian Tierney, so he must he must his agent must be putting overtime. Eh? Oh, I wonder how much he's accrued in signing bonuses. He's probably got houses in about fourteen. Um, good part by all accounts, he, he seems like quite a funny guy. I watched an interview with him in two thousand thirteen when he was at Apple Nicosia, and it's when they the Champions League. If you remember, they played against Barcelona and all that sort of stuff. And uh, when they were, <laughs> he was sleeping in the stadium. He he, he wasn't he, uh, 
he wasn't playing, he, like he was getting a game for them, but he, for some reason he, he wasn't staring like a house close by. He was sleeping in the stadium. So as he was getting this interview, he's kind of showing you, like he's like, so this is what it looks like when I'm lying in my bed. And then he sits up and opens the blinds and it's literally the pitch outside. <laughs> um, but no, he, he seems hilarious and all. Like, obviously, you know, I think most folk are familiar with his online presence. He's, he's quite funny. Um, won the Polish league at Jagalonia, I believe, as well. So he's not been completely, aye, well, been completely starved of uh, of uh, success since he left um, the young That's Ziggy nice. Gordon his team then as well. So they must have done something right, and a young Patrick Clamala. Oh, um, so they must have done something right to win a league with eight two playing for them. Um, and then he went to Wellington Phoenix where he spent a year uh, down in New Zealand. So, aye, um, quite the career, quite the partner, and a guy I've just always felt quite warm towards. Good. There's two notable, well, at least one notable uh, absence from, from yours, but because we'll, you've only got one left and there's two big and names. Relax. And I'm, I'm, I know I'm, I'm very predictable. I think you'll know what my. Is the order well? You know, I think you know my order as well. But my number two is none other than, none other than mm-hmm. Callum McGregor, a player that, if he was not a product of our youth academy, we would never be able to afford. Yep. Ever, like you see players half as good as him in England going for astronomical money, and the thing is, he just it keeps getting better and better. He's only twenty six, if I remember right. And it's, I'm just worried that we play him too much. That's the only worry that I have. Aye. But I, I mean, he's at 270-ish appearances already um, for Celtic. And it's just every year you look at it and he gets more, he gets more and more as they go on. And he was 17, 20-ish, 30-ish, and now he's into the 40s every year. It's just unbelievable, man. We've become so solely, so heavily, sorry, dependent on him. As well, when he plays well, we play well. Um, I can't speak highly of him. Um, I think he's a, a terrific player, um, and I think uh, he is exactly as you see a guy that we would never be able to afford. He's a sort of he puts me in mind a wee bit of sort of Fabregas and old Fabregas used to play at Chelsea and Arsenal. Where he's just fetch and carry, get the ball, turn them, play it to the man in space, and you know. There was points last season where it was getting a bit frustrating how often he was taking the ball and just passing it back the way. Um, but he just seems to draw teams out, and he seems to sort of um, dominate teams and, and put and, you know and pin them back up the park with his, with his presence and his ability to intercept balls and play them, you know, nice simple passes to the right man and then start attacks again. And I think he's he's a terrific you know a terrific player. And I think um, I think this summer. Celtic might sign Scott Brown's replacement because I think Brown will move on next summer or retire unless he, he wants to go into coaching or something like that so he'll retire then uh, he might move to America for a couple of years I don't know um, but I think this year Celtic are going to sign um, Scott Brown's replacement it'll be interesting to see because I, I think they might go for Lewis Ferguson and I think it'll be interesting to see because that's who's going to be playing next to McGregor for the next four or five years, you know. Um, so I wonder what they're thinking uh, with that one, or if, or is the you know is the replacement there already in the formula of Ye and Cham? That's it, you know. Um, Aye, or does McGregor move over into what Brown does, and then you've got one of the younger lads, like Scott Robertson, comes through, 
or Scott Robertson moves yeah. into what Brown's doing and now because he looks as though he sits maybe a wee bit deeper, but promising young player by the looks of it as well. But I um I think he needed McGregor that is, he needed to go away to Notts um County. County, yeah. uh, County Forest playing red, County playing black and white. Uh, he had to go there for a year. I think that would really, really did him the world a good. And uh, I remember maybe a season Maybe the first season that McGregor really broke through the Ronnie Dyer yep. season, he was uh, the Notts County fans' blogs were getting pulled up on these other Celtic blogs, like how much he was. They were all ranting and raving how good he was when he played down there. So, um, I it's again another one that's just gets on with it. He had that wee blip as well. He'd be fair, he's driving the motor when he shouldn't have been, but after that, he's kept his nose clean and he's been. Absolutely, yeah, as indeed. Um, met him a wee while ago after the, the we beat Rangers 2 1 2016 17. We were going to for a quick pint after it, and uh, the night after it, in fact, and I met him. A nice guy, stood talking away. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, my number one, really, my number one. I never really put these Aye. in order. Um, I know who you're going to go first when you do these things. I just, I, I, I never, I never thought you'd have went for McGeady. Um, so I had a wee backup. Uh, in case you did go for a duplicate, and, and I don't mean to use it, but but this uh, next one is for me, Liam Henderson. Um, I'm a big fan of players who go and challenge themselves abroad, uh, and, and as I mentioned earlier on, I think that's an important thing for young players to go and do. And uh, there are a few players who have done that in the manner that, that Henderson has. In 2015, um, when he was 19, he's obviously took the option to go to Rosenborg on one, and by all accounts, was well loved. And, and, and liked over there, um, scored a few goals for them, did really well in their team. Then he came back and, and played in midfield for Hibs when they, you know, when they beat Rangers in that probably the best Scottish Cup final I've seen in a long time. Um, and then he's just went right. Thanks very much, trips. I'm going to Serie B uh, to play for Barry for a season. Um, and then he gets promoted. <laughs> uh, sorry, and then he gets purchased by Hellas Verona, who'd just been promoted to Serie A. And um, plays for them for, for for two seasons before he, he joined Empoli on loan in January. He was a good midfielder for us. He was a good player for us, and I was surprised that Rogers let him leave because I thought he was a guy who could have stayed in a, you know, and maybe had a go at Celtic, but never made many appearances. You know, he was only twenty five, thirty appearances for us. Um, I thought he was a good midfielder. I think his brother's a good player, but I thought Henderson just was a wee bit more all action. Um, and I was, I'm sorry to see him go, but I'm, I'm really impressed with the career he's went and carved it for himself. Um, and as I say, by all accounts, you know, you sort of, you see the moves he's making in Italy and that, you know, the game time he's getting, he can't be doing wrong there if he's if he's playing in a league of that quality, you know. Definitely. I I was, um, he, he's made that in my honourable mentions as well, because again, like you, I thought he would, mm-hmm. he looked a player, he looked handy to have about the place. I think maybe, what had happened, I don't, don't know if it was much a, a Rogers letting him go. I think it was more he wanted to go. And, you, I mean, you weren't really going to break up that midfield unless there was some terrible injury. And you never want to wish that or you never want to have that in your mind. It's like, oh, that needs to happen before I, I get in. So I think it was more a necessity for him where he maybe made the assertion, like, I need, I need to get out here, I need game time. I'm 21, 22... If I sit here on the bench or in the reserves for another season, then I'm not getting a move anywhere. Never mind 
Italy. So, aye, I, I did. I liked him. He was just short a, a couple of yards pace, I think, and that would have that would have made him really, really, really valuable for us, and maybe would have been that wee extra uh, attribute that he needed to be extra push to get him in that first team. But uh, aye, it will be interesting to see what he does over the next few years, whether he stays in Italy or if don't know, maybe moves about a wee bit, or if he comes back to Scotland in some way or another. But aye, crack player. His brother's good as well. Looking forward to seeing how his brother gets on. Um, when, again, through my one of my mates works at the academy, and they've always said that the two of them were at the same age. Ewan is better mm-hmm. than Liam. But um, again, don't he'll never get any better if he doesn't play any first team games. So we need to we need to hope that they get they get a chance. Well, Lennon seemed to fancy when he first came in, didn't he? Started Young the first couple of games, didn't he? And then and then he fell out the team um, after that. So. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's just a bit lightweight I, at the moment, isn't he? As I say, that's 10 minutes ago. His big brother had a bit more teams, a bit more action, you know what I mean? His big brother seemed to, you know, be a bit more dynamic, and uh, Young Hendel seems a wee bit more sort of upright and tall and, and uh, maybe a passer. But, but we'll see, and, you know, as you say, it's early days, he's not had much of a chance to play and develop. We can't see him going, you know? Aye, definitely. I'll keep uh... What is it? I don't know. I was going to say, I was going to ask you what they say in a Star Wars quote, but you don't know it. It's, we will watch your career with great promise. <laughs> so, you want to talk about James Forrest for five minutes? Aye, let's talk about James Forrest <laughs> for five minutes. Because James Forrest is the best academy graduate in my lifetime by a long, long way. Uh, the disrespect that James Forrest gets on an almost weekly basis from sections of the support is absolutely abhorrent. I mean, it is no accident that you play 400 games or thereabouts for Celtic over, how many, like four different managers, three different managers? Like, uh, it's just doesn't happen No, really, well, I'm sorry, you're right, three different managers, right? Aye, it just doesn't happen. And as well, I know everybody says, oh, it doesn't turn up in the big games, blah, blah, blah. it absolutely does turn up in the big games. Like, wingers are inconsistent. They play in a section of the pitch that doesn't always influence the actual player, what's going on. But James Forrest has scored 90 goals and had 92 assists. And that's just phenomenal when you consider that he's been there since he was. He started coming into the team when he was, what, 18, mm-hmm. 17? And he's worked his way all the way through. Like, And he's seen off some amount of wingers as well at the same time, some amount of dross and some no bad players. But he's seen off some amount on that right side. And again, he's another one that we wouldn't be able to afford if we can didn't produce him. He gets stick that he doesn't need. I love him. And I'm not going to go into that because we've spoken about him about 10 times in, these, in the past, what, six, seven weeks. Um, you're exactly right. He's tremendous. He's pacey, direct, brave on the ball. And I, I just don't understand how anybody can come and watch Celtic play week in and week out and might throw abuse at that guy because he's, he's terrific. Aye, and I know it's a. Uh, I know people will say that oh, he doesn't he tackle and all that as well. I don't want but... tackle. <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time saw Arsenal? Uh, the charity match against Man United in two thousand twelve. Chased right. back Ralph Little right. and tackled right. him. Um, Ralph Little. Listen, mate. A guy who's known best for his fucking the, the okay. royal family. I was a tackled him. I would have tackled him from behind. I don't know if he was in a TV program. So for those family. of you that, that don't know, Rab's a superstar amateur football player. And uh, 
I'm Oxford's uh, the best Scottish football player in Oxford. So um, that brings us on to Candy Corner. Am I right in saying? Uh, are we, we going to gloss over some of the, the other academy you graduates? Are, you got some notable mentions you want to throw in there? I've got, I, I've got a really good start in the living. For, if you take them at their peak, I would say would quite easily, quite easily win okay. the Premier League. Well, something, they would challenge you anyway. So, Dave Marshall yep. and goals. Uh, right back, yep. Paul Caddis. Centre-back pairing of McManus yeah. and O'Day. So earlier I was talking about the one guy that's been one year before moving into the... That's Darren O'Day. He was signed for somewhere in Ireland, played a year in the Amis, or no, the Amis, the Resis, sorry, and then moved into the first team. So... And then left-back would, would be Tierney. And two centre-mids of Henderson and McGregor. Right-wing Forrest, left-wing McGeady. Uh, centre attacking midfielder just off of striker uh, would be Sean Maloney and Tony Watt a fit good Tony Watt that's the only kind of weakness we, didn't really, we don't really Tony Watt is not a weakness mm, I don't know mate as far as Celtic quality goes some man and all that and he's obviously a legend forever but as far as Celtic quality he's quite Quite notably, the weakest on that start on that team sheet. Mate. Well, it's funny you say this, right? Because actually, a few of the boys that um, you you mentioned there actually played together. Um, quite a lot of them actually right. played together. Um, at, the, at the time when I first started really, really paying attention to what was going on at Celtic Park, um, the actual team you mentioned there isn't it about in the backside after what the, the Celtic reserve team was. Um, it was David Marshall in goals in the back four was Paul Caddis and the centre half pairing was Scott Cusper and uh, right. Stephen McManus with O'Day at the time playing at left back. In midfield you had Rocco Quinn and Paul Lawson or uh, Simon Ferry was in there as well. And then um, left wing was a, was McGeady at the time and then I can't remember who was playing right wing because it might have been Smith at that point. Uh, and exactly as you said, I think it was Gollan Healy up front, or something like that. Um, so, so that 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 youth team was really strong. It wasn't a bad youth team whatsoever. Um, and and that was the one eventually when did the, the double with the league and the, the the cup back then when it actually meant something for the for the youth uh, youth, youth players to do this. Um, I'd like to get one of the mention to Baron Atayich, um, for being made <laughs> absolutely mince. Um, Teddy Bjarnason as well is another one I'd like to give a, a good um, mention okay. to. Uh, do you remember we signed a few of the uh, youth, kind of young players um, for, for Iceland? I think we've had a few of the years. Teddy, Aye. Teddy Bjarnason actually went on and had a good career after he left Celtic and he left Celtic in uh, 2008 and went to FK Lynn and then signed for Gothenburg for a fee about 350 grand and then went to Randers and then Arthus and then he stayed there. Basically, between the three teams, he spent 10 years. And then uh, for the past two or three years, he's just been messing about in the Turkish second division, playing in the sunshine, um, getting getting paid handsomely for his, uh, for his efforts. Um, he was not a bad player. I, I thought he was okay, but it's a guy that we never really seen much at the same time. So, uh, aye, that was a, that was a kind of vintage decade for the Celtic youth, I think. Who was the, the other thing? Oh, no, I was thinking... Uh... Kjartan Borgeson, 
That Homebuck Frigging scene I, I won't ever forget <laughs> um, was Big Pals with Dirk Borigter. And yeah. uh, we get stuck in the car one night coming back after the Leisure Warsaw game at, at, at Murrayfield. And as we were driving back in the car, uh, somebody in the motor behind us got out. Uh, not in the motor in front of us got out and started running up to a car about two two cars in front of us shouting in the windy. And then he turns around to his pal and his pal's like, what are you doing? And he shouts, that's Boca Negra. And we're like, what? <laughs> and of course, my uncle kind of, the traffic starts to move and it wasn't Boca Negra, it was Boregta. And uh, Fred Johnson, we in the motor driving back together and that uh, nutcase who was at the Celtic game somehow managed to get the Rangers at the time captain confused with the uh, with Celtic's new Dutch injury-prone winger. So, hi, there you go. Uh, Homebuck Fridgenson is a big man you were talking about, uh, one of the other big men you were talking about, who's a big six-foot-four uh, Icelandic player that never, ever done a thing for us. So, hi. Good. Good. Uh, hi. I don't know. I had, I only, that was it, kind of. I had a couple of honourable mentions, but no, no, uh, I'm not bored. We'll, we've spoken enough about it. Hi. It's a good name. Um, so what's happening in Quick one this week um, AGM was recorded last week and published for, for those who wanted to be listening and uh, the response was quite well, uh, quite quite good, season ticket prices are frozen, there's no announcement on new signings yet because Paul's quite keen to wait until the other clubs start to announce their players first um, just because there's no reason to share that information at the minute um, I have seven formal control of the St Rock's Twitter page on Sunday Um Guys, I've been doing a good job in it for the past few years, but just want to see what I can do and see if I can put my own wee twist on things as well. And it's a big responsibility because obviously that's a, a big asset for the club to have ten thousand Twitter followers. You know what I mean? Um, so it's been interesting for me to sort of see how these things work for the inside, and it's been even more interesting trying to find the passwords for everything. Uh, so, aye, that's it. Candy corner, nice and simple this week. Uh, I'll keep you posted going forward. Good stuff. I asking. I was thinking anything else we've got. Can you? Uh, nope. Nothing. Although I did get just forwarded a photo of Aaron Hickey at Ibrooks, but in the cell again. Interesting. So bring him home. I'll be sure to send that over to me. Um, but aside from that, I've got nothing really else to add to this. Uh, and I'll, I'll let you go back to your night. Um, the PlayStation 5 is released in the next hour. Um, so I look forward to getting text messages after you about that. Uh, for most of the go, night but apart from that you have a good night eh? thanks very much for listening have a capitucci on me in the spirit of last week's wee behind the scenes here is a little something else to show you that the slick and polished final product you hear on the airwaves doesn't just happen by magic so before we start recording each week we'll sit down and just catch up a wee bit and then we just sort of fall into an actual intro this week Jamie's diva's side was definitely out is in our McGiddy you might say Thanks again for listening, everyone. See you next week. Listen, I don't know. I don't do these take crap. This is it. Who this the fuck? Do you think you're fucking Robert Downey Jr.? <laughs>